another one, the next one, the same exact thing. Uh, Matus Gamrot defeated Diego Friera. Uh, Gamrot cashes at minus 225, second round TKO with a pretty bizarre knee to the body. I guess that floating rib he caught. And uh, uh, Friera tapped to the basically a, a technical TKO. Uh, Gamera by TKO plus 300 inside the distance plus 210 under two and a half rounds plus 140 fight goes this fight goes the distance no cashed at plus 160 uh what did you have on this one what did you think Liam yeah so um this was a massive um fight for my slate uh I forgot to track a bet on fight goes the distance no it was actually the first bet I locked in on this fight because I saw it was at plus money, and again, that's what I was looking at to start targeting this card. Um, so I did have a play on that. Um, that was nice that that cashed. Um, I also uh, had five units on Mateus Gamrod on the money line tonight at minus 180. Um, I was on Pub Sports Radio today, and I told people to play Mateus Gamrod by sub round two and round three. Um, and so it was a little devastating, to be honestly. Uh, that they graded that as a TKO. Um, he had a choke locked in when they graded yeah. that as a TKO. And on top of uh, that, the guy quit. So I'm like, he quit and he had a choke and it's a TKO. So this is a brutal game at times when you try and get specific. I would make the plus 3,000 bet again 10 times if you gave me the opportunity. Uh, I think CDF slows down in this fight more often than not. He can't make the weight anymore. When he does, he looks like shit. Um, and I thought he looked like shit on the scale. I thought he looked like he was uh, having a hard time in this fight in terms of gas. And I also just thought that Gamrot was doing everything I wanted him to do. He was taking him down, letting him up. So he wasn't getting caught in the grappling transitions. He's like, no, come on, keep working your way back to your feet, get tired. Uh, and then he started exploiting more predictable reactions. He got him baited on takedowns. And then he threw the knee to the body, sought him clean. Uh, and I heard somebody say uh, on Twitter, and I'm not trying to blow anybody up or whatever. I don't even know who said it, to be honest. But I saw it. It was like, um, you know, before he was getting injured, I feel like CDF was like close to coming back. I was like, injured? Like, no, 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 guys, he got need in the body. He just, that's, he got beat in a fight. That's, <laughs> you don't want that to happen. It's like, that's not an injury. That's a, that's damage that somebody did. It's like, imagine somebody said that when they got knocked out, you know? I, you know, before I got injured in that fight, I was doing really good. It's like, yeah, but like, like, uh, Chris Dawkins can't use that one. You know, before, before Derek Lewis injured me with that big clubbing right hand, you know, no. it just doesn't work that way. So I feel like that was just a better, cleaner striking from, uh, from Gamrot here. And a couple of things that I didn't love, uh, defensively was getting touched with the one, two at times, but I feel like in the top 10 at lightweight, it's kind of hard to avoid that. I thought he controlled most of the exchanges. Uh, this was not an easy fight, especially early, but he did everything well, managed it perfectly, and uh, found the finish opportunistically. I thought he would. Um, so I played live inside the distance. I had money on rounds two and rounds three, and also the rounds two and uh, rounds three sub props. So I feel like I had a pretty good read on that fight. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were taking the dog shot. I understand where they're coming from because I have lost a few bets on CDF. But now I feel like I know his game pretty well. And I'm like, if he's got a pressure grappler who's not going to get submitted um, and who's not afraid to shoot takedowns, I feel like they have an advantage. And 
even with that four-inch reach advantage, he wasn't able to keep Gamrod off of him. He was the one absorbing more of the heavy blows. Yeah, and, uh, you know, usually I would – most most times, you know, uh, Diego's my guy, and uh, I was surprised to start the fight uh, how good he looked in comparison to how, how he looked pretty bad against Gillespie. But then as the fight went on, it seemed like I thought maybe – uh, he would have learned from the Gillespie fight, and but he was just like it seemed like he was turning up the volume in all the wrong spots, and uh, even when he was hitting him, I don't think he was hitting him that hard. And Gamrod has this style, and that's what goaded him into losing against uh, Kudaladze. Uh, he just has this style where he tends to let the fight go where his opponent wants it to go, even though he's kind of better at it than like it. He, he just has a kind of a in boxing you called it you know uh ring generalship he you know he's really good at leading the fight certain guys are i feel like diego is good at leading the fight but wherever the fight was being taken gamrot was better at and i i kind of feel like that was also the story in the kudaladze fight too and it was just so close that kudaladze got the coin flip decision uh with that said it's i also feel like gamrot you know, when he was in KSW, is very similar to this too. He's um, he plays down to his competition because there's been there was fights in KSW where he was like a minus six hundred favorite, and it wasn't it was competitive. You know, and that might just be the parody of KSW or whatever. But uh, he's great, but he just kind of has a tendency to be goaded into these weird type of fights where he just kind of plays fights down to his competition. Uh, With that said, I think he's the best European lightweight in the division. Uh, And I think a lot of people will say Rafa uh, Fuzaev, but you know, what better way to decide it? And if we're going to talk, you know, who to fight next, I think uh, Gamrot versus Fuzaev is a great matchup. What do you think about that? I think that's a phenomenal matchup. That is a uh, that's that's a tricky one, man. I'd have to spend a lot of time thinking about that uh, because I thought I had Fazia figured out and he beat the fucking shit out of Brad Riddell, and I was like, okay, nope, gotta go back, gotta learn more about this guy, uh, better than I thought. So um, I won't be making the same mistake flying in blind, uh, but I do have a lot of faith in my guy Gamrot. I said before this fight, I thought he was going to be top five, and uh, eventually, you know, I not not trying to rush him, but I think that now he's going to be in the top 15 and uh, people are going to know who he is. And a couple impressive finishes now in a row. The UFC is going to really like that. So he's getting pushed up the card. Oh, yeah. With that said, you reminded me. Uh, with that said, um, Gamron improves to 3-1 and one since coming into the UFC. And $100 better who's back Gamron inside the distance since he's come into the UFC in 2020 has turned a profit of $486. So... He's been uh, plus money per fight uh, on the inside the distance. So even if you're counting even the Kudaladze decision loss, you still made money flat betting him on the inside the distance. And there was one other thing that I wanted to touch on based on uh, what you reminded me of. With Fazayev, uh, the European versus European thing, I feel like they might not want to do that because those are kind of the t- – besides Makachev, who's Russian, uh, those three guys are the only – European guys uh, that Joel Alvarez 
as well. But I feel like they won't match those two guys up because they would want to keep those guys kind of uh, – if they're going up the rankings, they want to have as much separate exposure. So maybe like Riddell, maybe Brad Riddell and Gamrot, or maybe Gregor Gillespie and G- Gamrot. But honestly – I don't want to all- serve my man Brad Riddell another uh... – Another tough fight like that right off the ripski. Yeah, see that's who's true. In this top uh, man, what's Dan Hooker up to? Yeah, I'd but like to see him defend the top ten spot. Hooker is in the same uh, position as Riddell, where it's just like, dude, he's had a rough go, you know, from yeah. getting knocked out by Chandler and almost getting his arm oh, ripped right. off by you're right. we should, Yeah, we shouldn't give it to him. Fuck, uh, maybe Chandler. Oh, Gamrot versus Chandler. I'd fuck with it. Nah, Chandler's a, on Chandler's on to bigger fights, I think. Yeah. He wants yeah, how do you get into this top five, man? What do you gotta do? Knock out fucking Armand or something? Like, Jesus Christ. The lightweight division's just insane. Who do you fight in there, man? Like he's he might not honestly, if I was him, if I was his manager, I'd be like, yo, top, fight somebody outside the top fifteen and get another impressive finish. Who yeah. But, yeah. That's that, what I would say. Yeah, or fight like a wash. Because right now, what's he gonna do to get in, like to get into that top five? It's just not like a. I don't know who in the top five would sign to fight him, and it's all murderers row in in like nine through fifteen. Like they have this sneaky way of putting nine through fifteen as like the toughest guys at lightweight right now, bro. I I I think that those guys are going to, uh, in the very near future, eclipse the guys who are currently at the top. Yeah, I feel like Gamrot should do like take like the Charles Oliveira route and like style on a Nick Lentz type or you know let's get Gamrot in there like with like Clay Guida or something you know like let's get him in there with somebody who can go the distance and just get beat up and so that he could thirty twenty six somebody but also maybe potentially finish them because he you know he made short work of Jeremy Stevens. Let's get more of those, uh, more of those guys. Um, and that was that was Stevens moving up to lightweight too. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's give let's give. You know who's on a hot streak right now, and I don't even mean to be this guy, Bobby Green. That might be. Oh, that has split decision written all over it. It really does, dude. It really does. Um, I or Alexander Hernandez. That's a fun one. Uh, I kind of think he would win that one, but I, that that's probably a tough fight. I'd have to look at Oh, it. I got it. I totally got it. And then we'll move on. Uh, Tiago Moises. Yeah, uh, although, again, he's my boy, and he's been on hard times. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's an appropriate, like, matchup, but uh, that poor bastard, dude, he's he got served from the bottom of the barrel, too. They're like, hey, you want to fight the guy who never makes weight, who looks like he's a 175-pounder? Uh, and then take on freaking uh, uh, who was the other guy he fought? Uh, Islam. So just like murderers row for his last two. Let's give him Gamrot next. I mean, it's just UFC lightweight though. Who like there's just who's an easy fight? You know, I'm not sure. These guys are studs. Grant Dawson. Yeah, with that said, that would every- be a fun one. I'd like him to style on Grant Dawson. Or um, Gamrot. Yeah. Or who? Uh, anyways, let's just move on because <laughs> we can go all day with this. But yeah, anyways. The-